0: and even stand-up comedy. So, be sure to find and follow these great arts podcasts today. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Hey everybody, Sourdough here. Today, before we start the show, I want to tell you about our upcoming conference, the Not Real Art Conference on March 16th here in LA. It's a one-day learning event for artists to come together and learn, share, network, and grow. We're going to talk about protecting your IP, licensing your IP, and pitching your IP to Hollywood. Tickets are right now at hundred bucks. We got some great speakers, experts, artists talking. We got human, we got Logan Hicks, we got Jorge Gutierrez. Of course, we got your boy, Man One. And we've got experts from Hollywood and New York coming to talk about the law, talking about pitching to Netflix, all kinds of exciting stuff. So go to notrealart.com to get your tickets today. Thanks so much. Now let's start the show. Hello, this is Siri, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, Not Real Art. I live for this shit because it's totally lit. Welcome to Not Real Art series, favorite creative culture podcast with the one and only Sourdough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sourdough, Sourdough. That's my pseudonym. I'll explain later if you're interested. Today is a very special day because uh my general partner in crime my usual partner in crime man one who is my uh co-host most days is not here today i am joined by two very special guests who are going to help me steer this ship today we've got john mark hello 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 and we've got ando love hey hey guys Happy New Year. Happy New Year.
1: Yes, thank you. I'm
0: looking forward to it. Happy New Year. What are you looking forward to?
2: Well, usually I, what do I want to say? Don't look forward to the new year because I'm still working on last year getting stuff done. Yep. So this year I got all my work documented for my website coming up. Big project. All that stuff. You know, you got to, that's like inventory stuff and getting it all. So I'm done with that. So I'm looking forward to, uh, I finished some series of work and I kind of cleaned my slate at the end of last year. And now I'm ready to go and get some new inspirations, if you will. John Travel. what was
0: looking back on 2018, what was your proudest moment?
2: My proudest moment. Well, let's see. Artistically, I would say doing the flutter piece at Search and Rescue downtown. I was there. It's amazing. Yeah. And that was a big moment. And whenever I travel, I always have big moments, Mm -hmm. whether it's swimming in a lake, you know, you can recall some of those times being out on the beach. I have some favorite
0: moments like that. Ando, what about you? What was uh, 2018? What were some proud moments for you?
1: A lot of amazing moments, getting into a new studio space and uh, setting the intentions for creating new work. One major highlight was overseeing and being a part of the uh, Tatsu restaurant install that happened in New York, which was pretty amazing because that was a year long project in the making and finally getting it to seeing it in place was pretty memorable and really you know all throughout the year i think there's highlights in the day but so for
0: our listeners in new york where's the restaurant where, where can they go to check uh, it out? so
1: uh tatsu ramen is in east village mm-hmm. along the strip of many other ramens but yeah. uh i have to say tatsu is probably one of the most yummiest Yummy. ramen, the yeah. ramen that I've had. And so it's been a really fun project working on the restaurant and also developing other various products mm-hmm. to, to celebrate the space and its overall vision. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was a really good, fun one. Of course, uh, collaborating with this amazing artist, John Mark has been a a, okay. a, a great, right. great highlight well, you know. to the He's addition.
0: Trying. He's trying.
1: It's funny how things happen, right? And people that we meet in this uh, path of travel and sharing like interests in what we do collectively.
0: Well, how did you guys connect? Because uh, Anno, you and I go back and we met through Crew West Gallery. John, Mark and I are just now really kind of getting to know each other, which is a beautiful thing. But how do you guys go back? How did you meet?
2: I was looking for the best laser cutter and LA mm-hmm. and uh you found him. And I found him yep. through different resources and uh came knocking on your studio door one day. Uh, do you recall?
1: I do. I do. And uh, I brought all
2: my samples <laughs> and I'm like, "Can you cut this <laughs> for cheaper?" Yeah, and right. he goes, "Well, I don't know if I can do it cheaper, but I can do it better." There you so go.
1: that was good. Well, yeah, that that was a beautiful moment and uh When was that? How many years ago? Well, five years
2: Six ago <laughs> well, <laughs> five years ago I think. Yeah. yeah 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 uh 2018 right
0: right, yeah. right well good 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 stuff yeah so then so well we'll talk about flutter but what other projects besides or in addition to flutter have you guys worked on together Just as it's sort of like countless, I mean, is it hard to recall?
2: Well, Ando's done a lot of uh, laser cutting for me. I use laser cutting to create stencils of uh, usually letters of different sizes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I use them in a lot of different ways, either 3D performance installation on paintings. I pretty much use language as a concrete tool or right. device to get my creativity I have in to action. say I have
0: to say uh, yeah. uh, John Mark that I've reviewed your work I've looked at your website and everything and you do you have all this amazing beautiful work I love your work I mean this sincerely it's very beautiful however yeah I'm a little concerned you may not know how to spell
2: it's been a problem <laughs> sometimes
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so what happens with spelling I, I'll tell you about um, this kind of at least for myself right and the way in which uh, letters become graphic. They're no longer words, but they're how we see them visually, right. right? And it's not by any means discrediting John Mark here, but I find myself in this place of, uh, exp- you know, the, the exploration of ideas where a type is being used, it no longer becomes words. It becomes shapes and right. forms right. and negative and positive spaces. And you know, Illustrator doesn't have spell check, which does not work. That's a good idea. <laughs> so there are these areas, also, as you get lost in words or letters that right. I find myself still doubting a lot of the times when I'm even staring at something that has been spelled correctly and still spell checking it and right. double checking, and and it's a part of it too. And is and maybe there a
2: specific?
0: Piece, I mean, I might have to go back to you know. <laughs> yeah, I saw a typo in a few. A typo. <laughs> well, no, you know, and it's look. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and blow sunshine. Uh, you know, I mean, the reality is, John Mark. When I went to Flutter, I didn't know what to expect. Right. I mean, I had heard about it from Ondo. And, uh, so I, you know, I love Ando and Ando and you know, I go way back. So I was like, okay, if he says it's dope, it's dope. I'm going to go check it out. So I didn't, but I didn't really know what to expect. He tried to explain it a little bit, <laughs> but I'm not that bright. So, you know, I had to go like see it for <laughs> myself. And in boy, was, I delighted. I mean, it just, the warm, fuzzy feeling I got, I mean, that in, in all sincerity, like it was just a beautiful, really innocent yet profound and kind of powerful experience to be sort of sort of walking through meaning, if that even makes sense, you know, because the letters were falling down like snowflakes, obviously in completely random kind of chaotic kind of, kind of way like snowflakes do. And yet somehow there was great meaning in that. And then to watch people, myself included, start spelling words and things on the floor with the letters. And I don't know, it opened up my mind. I guess what I'm getting at is it opened up my mind to what Ando's saying about the abstract nature of letters. I mean, they're just random shapes, right? right? Like, And then yet somehow they come together. And But yet this has been a core focus of your work for decades, right? I mean, letters and, and meaning and words and...
2: Yes, yeah. and language and letters and words being very elastic. Mm-hmm. I'll do one project, and by doing that project, it will take me on to a new project right. because <laughs> uh, of the elasticity. And so Flutter... Uh, What was great about that, it's for all ages, and you would find kids on the floor spelling words, and adults jumping in the air trying to grab letters, Mm -hmm. and falling in people's hair, and it was, you know... It was just a great experience to see that happen.
0: I have to confess that I that the word I spelled was boobs. Boobs. <laughs> boobs. Okay. Well, we
2: know where your mind goes <laughs> all the
0: time. Yes. <laughs> so, I, you know, uh, my wife always says, you know, I dumb things down. So, you know, here we, here we go.
2: You know, there's the X-rated flutter. Yeah. And you can get pretty wild. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, you
0: can... Ask That's the next show. Question. That's a yeah.
1: version two coming up.
0: So, in terms of Flutter specifically, though, how many weeks or months in development? I mean, what was your inspiration? I mean, how? What was the journey? Right? Because I mean, that was a there was a lot of love put into that show, a lot of energy, a lot of money. You know, take take us through kind of the journey.
2: Well, what happened is I had like uh, two hundred pounds of text that I wasn't doing anything with, and I dumped it on the floor and just scattered it. Did you say
0: 200 pounds of text? Yeah. It's
2: like (laughs) barrels of it, wheelbarrows. Yeah. And you just walked around and kicked it. And I noticed from some shows, people like kids mostly would slide through it, you know, Mm -hmm. and throw it. And it was just very active and people weren't spelling words or trying to read it. And it was just really fun to mm-hmm. be active with letters because you would stop, pause, make a word perhaps, or say, look at this. It happened to see the word supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> That's so weird. And uh, the kids would just slide right through it then. you right, know, right There right. goes the moment. Yeah. And finally, I'm like, I wonder if I could take, you know, and from the throwing, it would go through the air and you're watching it kind of fly through the air with the greatest of ease and then I'm like hey what if I made this you know cut this material lighter and it could just kind of float mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. how am I going to create a device that's going to launch this thing right and so after doing some experimentation Ando came over and then we sat down and really started thinking about this seriously how to create a vehicle for the text to flutter and snow mm-hmm. Right in a large area. I mean, the idea is for it to be. I want to rent out these large Kmart's that are going belly up, or Sears, or whatever, and start using that kind of scale to uh, right. have right. people walk through. There's a lot of vacant
0: mall space out there. Yeah, I yeah. like vacant. <laughs> right, <laughs> big it's spaces. Whole, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I think that's a new artistic place to go do your stuff yeah. so
0: the but the challenge because one of the things that i appreciated when i walked through the space that day was that it really felt like you were getting great coverage like the letters were it wasn't like there was just one spot of the letters kind of falling down it really had a nice like uh, the only word i keep coming to is coverage like it really kind yeah. of filled the room as it was kind of floating and raining down uh, how challenging was that and how did you guys what were the mechanisms and and how did you figure that out because that that must have taken some time
1: Yeah, well, you know, these are all just kind of somewhat ideas based on the early studies or thinking about how we can create a space that would allow the letters to not rain down, but kind of just kind of fill the space Mm -hmm. as you're walking in and exploring or experiencing it on that level. So the first time when I got kind of the experience when John Mark called me over to his studio and with very little idea of what I was in for, he asked me to stand in a specific location in his in his space and he said, stand right here, don't move and walked around and for a minute I was not sure what was going to happen and all of a sudden these letters started to kind of drizzle from above, and I realized that he created a, a up of this idea of letters mm-hmm. kind of raining, fluttering. I guess for uh, our, not to interrupt so, but for
0: our, for our listeners' benefit. I think maybe a word that we haven't used. And John Mark, forgive me if if this if you don't like this word, but like for people to visualize what we're talking about, it's like confetti, yeah. right? It's, it was like yeah. a ticker tape kind of parade. Right, things are raining down from the sky. Correct. Like that's what we're talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: true. And Flutter was an alliteration of Twitter in that there's all this like extra wordage and transparency of ideas and meaningless exclamations going on in the world. And where does this all go? And Flutter kind of exemplifies what's actually going on. Yeah. You know, so that's a good way to think about it is all this useless information doesn't just. Dissipated, actually lands somewhere, mm-hmm. and someone regurgitates it or whatever. And so, uh, Flutter has a lot of metaphorical mm. ways to look at it,
0: absolutely, or I mean,
2: experience it.
0: Right? You know, it's it's interesting to me because one of my pet peeves about the art world is the preciousness that we can have about our work mm-hmm. and the pretension, Don't and then, yeah, Don't right, get you too know. Close. And this was in totally immersive. Right. It was totally you were all it was all about interplay and interactivity and getting in there and touching it and messing it around. Yet at the same time, to your point about the layers and levels of meaning here, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a reminder of just how precious our words and letters are and yet we waste them. Mm hmm. You know, so I don't know. I mean, it was one of my takeaways because I know one of the things that I'm guilty of is 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 talking too much and maybe not saying much, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're talking, but I hear you talking, but you're not saying anything. You know, I guess economy of words, economy, you know, like making measured, intentional, making sure we're using our words, uh, you know, per- with intention and with purpose and not wasting what is so valuable.
2: Yeah. I mean, in the show, we had uh, shelves. And pedestals and the text would fall on it and suddenly it becomes an object Right. and you could either deal with it as an object or you could uh, literally blow it away mm-hmm. off the shelf or, mm-hmm. you know, take it off the uh, pedestal and you're interacting with it as well. And no one's going to come up to you and say, don't do that or whatever. Mm. Uh, and it just, as the flutter just keeps raining down or coming down, it just keeps piling up, you know. I don't know if you know the uh, book, uh, Dr. Seuss, Ublick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was, that was kind of in the back of my mind where right. no matter what you do with this stuff, it just keeps coming and yeah. coming. Yeah. And there's, you can't get rid of it. And I, that's language for me and texts and well, and it's, it's it, social it, media.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. We're just drowning in, in fucking, yeah. You know, we call it content, right? <laughs> and it's like we're drowning in content. Uh, and the irony, right, is that now more than ever, we need to figure out how to communicate and build empathy through communication. And yet at the same time, we are overwhelmed in such a way that it almost makes it impossible to get to know each other in a real way.
2: Well, another aspect, too, is that we use recyclable and biodegradable materials so you can do this. The piece can go outside and, Mm. uh, you know, I've taken bags of this and thrown it in corners of, you know, dilapidated uh, motels downtown L.A. And, you know, two weeks later, it's gone or it's mush and, you know, (laughs) it's clogging up the sewer system. Well, I have to tell
1: (laughs) you, and it's been... What, six months or so since okay. we took the show down, which was.
2: <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there are things that are still coming up in the studio of letters. <laughs> Out of nowhere, there will be a sprinkle of something that falls off a shelving or an area that I haven't yet opened. And, you know, here it is some You're, letters. And
0: finding an elemental P in your couch? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And it's one of these things that, you know, David, my studio mate, you know, we kind of jokingly were saying this while the install was happening. I was saying like, man, we're going to have fucking letters for I don't know how long. They're like neutrinos. In so they just permeate pockets. every part of your existence. And uh, just the other day as I was looking for some material, pulled out a long strip of a paper bag that I had. As I opened it, I realized there was all this letter, all these letters that were tucked in there. And David was, you know, in the mezzanine space, and I was downstairs, and I was like, fucking John Mark, man. <laughs> he's, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. We <laughs> can't get away, you know. And he, we just busted laughing because well, we just you can't
0: you can't use those letters to spell fungus <laughs> There we yeah. go.
1: so jokingly i was saying that what we should do is just gather all this letter all the letters that we're still finding and mail it to john mark with an invoice oh my god how
0: funny <laughs> is that right you should just yeah we're still <laughs> like the cleaning, cleaning crew <laughs> uh, giving me so i mean this but was it's great you know, it was a remarkable experience, at least for me, obviously for you guys, the creators, the producers, you know, we don't want to hide our light under a bushel. Uh, I know the show is over, but, you know, 2019 is a new year. Where does Flutter go from here? What's next?
2: We're looking at new spaces to, you know, you want to do something new. I don't, I want to take it outside of a gallery context. Right. Uh, a lot of people, like Hondo is alluding to, there's a cleanup element to it mm. that maybe some galleries although i've shown it in different galleries uh, you know on um, outside De- of
0: definitely makes taking it to burning man challenging i'll tell you that oh yeah
2: yeah well you can burn it <laughs> <and> when <laughs> well, you're you done go. with it There you go. Yeah. but i just like challenging environments so we're gonna see i'm i'm working on different things mm-hmm. i there's really nothing to uh present right now right right but i'll come back when i have my uh
0: please do please come back and tell (laughs) us about
2: it (laughs) yeah so it's r&d right now yeah yeah yeah. yeah. because i've done it three or four times now and so we want to take it to uh different corners of the world
0: sure absolutely Well, you know, getting back to that whole topic about, you know, letters as abstract forms, right? This is exactly why one of, well, one of the reasons why I love traveling in Asia, right? Because the letter forms mean nothing to me. Like there's like, it's not, you know, like, right. So they just become these beautiful, you know, shapes and beautiful forms. And, um, there's, you know, I don't have a snowball's chance in hell of like trying (laughs) to decipher what that says. I just know it looks really fucking cool and I wish I could read it. Uh, John Mark, I know you lived in Asia at one point in your life. Japan, yeah, I H- think. H- yes.
2: Kyoto. So talk
0: about that. I mean, that must have been hugely formative for you.
2: Definitely. Well, the same experience. I went there for school and ended up uh, wanting to learn more about uh, Japanese, the language, the characters, and found myself, how can, uh, why isn't mm-hmm. English more interesting to look at? Sometimes old English, you know, the cursive writing Flickr- can be, or whatever. yeah, can mm-hmm. look really cool. But uh, yeah, so I came back and I started compressing text into characters. So they were legible, but at the same time you had to decipher it. Mm-hmm. And I did a, a lot of work with that. There were basically five principles to deconstruct it. And uh, so what happened is some of my paintings would have anywhere from 50 to 90 characters. So Mm -hmm. you really were in a situation where you weren't reading them as much as looking at it again, like a mosaic. Mm -hmm. And to read it would take you too long and make you very pissed off, you know, Mm -hmm. to be spending so much time uh, asking very... uh, basic questions about humanity (laughs) but no i mean that's what i spent my 90s the 90s doing was that type of work it's called merge
0: yeah please yeah uh it's called what it's called
2: merge yeah and it's compressing text into a single character it's Uh monosyllabic so Uh each character is a syllable so Mm -hmm. if you're doing multi then Mm -hmm. each character Mm -hmm. it would be let's see The biggest letter is the first letter you'd read, Mm -hmm. and then it would go towards the middle. And so if you had like a word thought, which has seven letters, Mm -hmm. I'm a bad speller, remember?
0: Mm -hmm. Give or take, seven, give or take.
2: Start with the biggest letter and then go from top to bottom, left to right, concentrically. Mm -hmm. So like the last T in thought would probably be somewhere in the middle of that character, Mm -hmm. tiny, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But it was... Consistent. So as you got a hand for deciphering, the words started slowly just, oh, there's. Right. You you became proficient. Yeah. You would become. And it was a great way for me to be philosophical or, you know, angry and say things that if you just wrote them freehand might not come off the same way right so right.
0: well you mentioned five principles what are those yeah. five principles
2: yeah uh yeah. the biggest letter yeah. you okay. read first and then top to bottom okay left to right and if there's a line that bisected the character that mm-hmm. meant there were two syllables in one character mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. a lot of times like uh words like of or uh mm-hmm, you know you mm-hmm. didn't want to give over to a whole character of an A. So you would make it interesting by having it share a space, things like that.
0: Oh, no, we've got to up our game, my man.
1: Yeah, that's... Look at John Mark over here (laughs) is killing it. Yeah, well... (laughs) The conceptualizing of ideas is always great. It's interesting because a lot of this that I'm hearing also kind of speaks about graffiti, right? In exactly. Some ways. I was thinking that myself. Yep. In the ways that we communicate this area of expression and creativity. I myself am a product of that culture when it was still so young and beautiful in the way that hip hop, was you know was accessible right. and you know I come from that background and somehow you never really get out of that mind state you're constantly in this place of formulating these conceptualizing of letters and graphic uh, expressions and you know when I was in junior, uh, junior high school you know i was a graffiti writer a tagger mm-hmm. but i was also a break dancer and doing popping and everything that was you know finding creativity and expression right. i really wanted to use so. that
2: break dance that smash recorded oh VLP, yeah and he didn't want to include uh, it that was so, so fun. in the longer version of the video yeah. we will include that
1: so I found myself in this place of, you know, finding identity, right, as a, as a, a young artist, uh, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. And none of my parents or come from that background of artistry. So, you know, uh, finding mm-hmm. it in such a natural way and having such a rainbow of friends and culture in my neighborhood growing up. Graffiti was the, or I should say, hip hop was the unifying factor of it all. Right. Everyone came in and brought something super fresh to it. Yeah. And that expression form, you know, from let's say doing airbrushing on t shirts and things like this that I was uh, doing in high school and finding my place to take letters and words in similar ways of, you know, bringing them together or writing in such a way that, your mind has to study it to making up what you're reading. It's kind of this area of, of uh, graffiti that happens. And, and I still do that, you know, not graffiti, so to speak, on walls, but I still practice it in the way in which I think about things. You know, the visual process uh, of finding this expression took me in so many different expressions and forms of not just color but shapes and, and volume and graffiti hip-hop took me into studying architecture and and practicing architecture and finding other means to find expression outside of architecture that wasn't just buildings as I have done and practiced and still am involved on various levels of the design and practice in which we explore volume is the same way we still do that in type right these negative shapes and, or sizes and how they're interlocked and what what words mean in relation to a plan of a house, so to speak. And there's, you know, all these kind of interesting connections between how our mind develops and this playfulness of what we're doing uh, and finding ways to communicate, you know, whether it's a flat dimension on a canvas or a sculptural uh, exploration of ideas or this amazing experience of walking in a space that is just fluttered with letters and immersing yourself in this experience is something that has always been a passion of mine and almost yeah well i'm just curious
0: ando are you bilingual
1: i am yeah how many languages do you speak uh my own
0: (laughs) (laughs) so so bilingual so you, you speak two languages so yeah
1: my native tongue is Armenian yes so I'm a ESL English as a second language mm-hmm. student so to speak and uh, so and then English but growing up in LA you know in Hollywood and having so many amazing friends to h- experience culture and language and communication you know Spanish I've picked up you know I could I'm not a very good speaker but I am I understand more than I can speak <laughs> Spanish but you know, that's another beautiful way of learning too, is simulating how do you communicate in Armenian is different than in, in English. Right. So it's funny, but you know, there are st- certain things that I say to people, I think Armenian, but speak English yeah. that doesn't really, yeah. you know, it's kind of how our minds work and English sometimes is a, a reverse, right. And, 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 and the way that we, uh, articulate and communicate our thoughts and now, ideas. Now, is there so,
0: Arm English? Is that when you speak like part Armenian or yeah, uh, part that English, Armenglish?
1: Yeah, that happens. <laughs> okay. um, interestingly enough, that happens with my sister and, you know, yeah. in conversation. But when growing up, you know, my right. parents would always say for us to speak Armenian at home. Right. So we'd still do it. And I, you know, uh, through the years and having been raised in LA, I still find my place in neighborhoods and communities that I go into that are uh, Armenian speaking and I could speak to them and they're blown away as to how well I've how well I've been able to hold mm-hmm. kind of the uh, pure expression of words and things like this mm-hmm. and uh yeah so
0: well John Mark when you lived in Japan were you speaking Japanese uh no are you bilingual No little? I was
2: just uh I speak English and hillbilly <laughs> That's about it <laughs> All I
0: can. <laughs> I'm You're laughing going. because I also speak hillbilly. Oh, you do. Uh, Where are you, you know? From? Well, my dad's side of the family is from the south. And, you know, I think we're one paycheck away from, you know, being redneck, uh, hillbilly, you know, white trash.
2: I'm from the Ozarks. So yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. That's well, a Bible belt. So, the, right.
0: Uh, well, just to, hillb- so I was born in Gary, Indiana. Okay. Okay. I grew up uh, in, the, in the Rust Belt, the armpit of the nation <laughs> uh, on the coast of Lake Michigan. So uh, most of us, at least my friends and I, we aspire to get to Chicago. Chicago was the exotic <laughs> uh, promised land. Uh, had I been born or raised 10 minutes south, I'd have been a farm boy. Uh, for sure, but my mom's side of the family is was a city, was the city folk, came from Indianapolis, oh, and my dad's side of the family is from the South, uh, Louisiana, Texas, what have you. So, but the point I'm getting at. Because I, you know, I am uh, not bilingual. I speak Mm -hmm. one language, but not that well, uh, English. The language of love. But the point is, is that I think about how, because I have many friends that speak multiple languages. I have one friend that speaks five languages. And um, the point is, is that I think about that within the context of how you view the world, how or how they view the world, how that helps to build empathy or maybe not. I don't know. But, you know, these are tools in our toolbox right and um the more tools you have the probably the more functional and more value more valuable you can be in the world and you know, I should take more action to learn another language because I do, I do uh, uh-huh. re- regret not having multiple languages. I often talk about, you know, we talk about the singularity. We talk about in the you know technological uh, 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 infusion into our bodies. The only uh, technology I might allow embedded into my uh, head here would be something that would allow me to speak and understand all languages instantaneously. Uh. Right. That to me, if we could do that, <laughs> that would solve a lot of problems because it would hopefully uh, do the one thing that we need more anything which is create empathy but i just think about that in terms yeah. of your work in terms yeah. of your passion in terms of your graffiti you grew up yeah. in a multilingual community a very diverse mm-hmm. city of los angeles mm-hmm. uh, i grew up in white america <laughs> right uh-huh. and we, yeah. we barely spoke english well yeah
2: so when i did a show in amsterdam i used text a lot mm-hmm. so uh not knowing dutch I worked with a Dutch translator, so that became a relationship in that talking about nuancing words, and so it was a relationship that was very interesting to talk to them about how they looked at language and English, Mm -hmm. and so I found that when you're dealing with Spanish or German or some of these Indo-European languages, Mm -hmm. there's a connection there that uh, although you're not speaking the same, you can kind of get the gist of things using your hands a lot. And at times I I noticed uh, drawing my, uh, how do I want to say, my actions Mm or what I'm trying to get at. Mm -hmm. And I guess, yeah, Yeah. the point is uh, when you can't speak the same language, then you resort to different creative means to communicate
0: absolutely and the one thing that has worked for me every fucking time and i've been fortunate enough to travel to 39 <laughs> countries and four continents is my smile like you a fucking smile a <laughs> smile will work so hard for you <laughs> okay i i've found it it works for me if i if i don't know that language but if i enter the room with a smile and i look that person dead in the eye and I show some humility and I'm smiling like that just opens doors and, and is a great uh, a lubricant <laughs> when you don't know the language. So this is how you got your iPhone fixed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly.
2: Or when you have to uh, use the restroom and
0: right, right, in yeah, Vietnam. Sure. And, or when I know. need to score drugs. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. It's like big smile. Right, right, right. Which reminds me of that. I, I happen to catch part of the... Movie Love Actually over the holiday season. Of course, and there's yeah. that whole storyline of the guy and the writer, and he's got the maid, and they don't speak the same language, but they fall in love. Anyway, whatever. Um, love that stuff. Yeah, language is a powerful thing. I'm jealous. I, I have to. I have to confess, Ando. I'm a little jealous. You know, it's never
1: uh, too late to learn. It, you know? Yeah, it's a continued education. I think we're all still in this. Way of learning. Things, I need to learn you know? sign
0: language because yeah. uh, I'm, sign uh, I'm language. Deaf, well, I'm deaf in my left Amazing. ear. Amazing. So it's like uh, um,
1: taking gang sign to the next level.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm deaf in my left ear, so I figure, you know, with age, my right ear will go. So eventually, I'll be totally deaf, and uh, I'm going to need sign language. Huh.
2: Yeah, my son takes sign language in college.
0: So no, no kidding. Wait, what's yeah. his major?
2: It's uh, archaeology of social media. Archaeology what a of pleasure that, wow, that is Wow, so, that's a sign of the times yeah it's a sign of the times it's a, you know where did the internet come from the origins and then how different cultures use the internet mm-hmm. or social media to express themselves or gather information as we know and it's a very yeah I, I mean who knows where he'll end up but that NYU has such a department Ooh, smarty kind of,
0: pants NYU
2: oh, he yeah. must take after his mother Ah, uh, <laughs> right. I said no art school for you, Buster.
0: So so you've got one son in college. How many kids you said you had two no, kids.
2: No, my daughter goes to college too. Okay, so you've yeah. got two kids, yeah.
0: both in college.
2: Yes, I'm an empty nester now.
0: Empty nester. So talk about your kids for 5 seconds. Like like are they artists? Are you said your son is not an artist?
2: Uh well, he is an he has artistic inclinations. Sure. He he likes filmmaking and he likes editing and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, he photography. Okay. You know, he's more practical than i mm-hmm. am he mm-hmm. wants to get a job when he gets out of college i would have chosen john mark to, you need to get a real job man. yeah well that's the artist <laughs> dilemma get a real job and my daughter's a writer and uh she writes great short stories and sure. works writes for the blue and white at columbia so she's a couple she, of smarty pants yeah they're smart and yeah. so uh i feel my work is done now <laughs> congratulations brother so, congratulations uh, i can uh,
0: Move move on. I'm a dad too, but my kids are on the other end of the spectrum at six and going on two. Right. And so, uh, so you know, I got a journey, so I'll be calling you for tips. Definitely. Um, I'm here <laughs> for you. How often do you see them being in uh, New York City and you being here in LA? Uh,
2: probably every three or four months, okay. maybe five months, yeah. Mm.
1: But yeah, they live close, true. you said, right? They live close to each yeah, other. Well, that's great. you know, yeah.
2: in terms of New York City, so right, right, right. They see each other every weekend, mm. you know. So they're together on Sundays for
0: home cooking. With, what do they think about their artist dad?
2: They love my work. They, uh, you know, they're very supportive, and they come to all my shows and uh, when they can. And uh, yeah, they they know my work really well. So it's always I can bring a painting to them or they come to my studio and I can get their feedback pretty and know that it's coming from a place that uh, I trust or, you know, they're like that piece you did four years ago, that's, you know, blue and, in the storage, can you bring that out? Or, you know, it looks like that or something like that. So, yeah. But I hopefully steered them away from the art as a first career, you know, and the struggles and, tribulations that artists have. So I think they took my advice in that way.
0: What were some of the biggest, as an artist, both you guys, you know, we've been talking about earlier in the show as well, we talked about some of the highlights of 2018 and stuff. But I mean, the reality is, is that as artists, we struggle. There are dark times. Uh, many of our colleagues, you know, even battle depression, things like this. Talk about some of the darker times you guys have been through and what got you through it. Dark times.
2: I've definitely had dark times, but I always felt that was a great time to be creative. Mm -hmm. So in those dark times... I recall just moving to L.A. in 1990. From where? From Minneapolis.
0: Okay, because you moved all over. You've kind of lived all over the place. Yeah. yeah.
2: And so I went to school in Minneapolis, and then I went to New York, and then I came here. And uh, not knowing a lot of people, and I had rented a great studio on Pico and Arlington area. Mm -hmm. And it was a great uh, studio. You know that area? Yeah, yeah. In terms of, Mm yeah. And I didn't have a lot of friends, like I said, and just t- trying to get things together. And I kind of lived in the studio without turning the lights on for a week, you know, and just thought about what I was going to do. How young, you know, what's you?
1: my, hmm? uh, how young were you? How young were you? Uh, how young was I in my twenties? Yeah. Oh, in your twenties. And this was uh, in like recently where I was going this is
0: literally a dark
1: time because he did not turn the lights on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah right, I was right, taking right, your
2: yeah. question literally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, thank you for catching that. Yes. But, uh, those are, you know, those transitions from moving and getting yourself situated can be kind of.
0: Yeah. Tra- yeah. Transitional times are challenging but financially as well i mean let's let's talk let's talk uh nuts and bolts bottom line stuff i mean you know financially uh those of us that work in the creative arts i mean it's it's sometimes feast or famine i mean how the hell do we manage you know you've got kids you've got college bills you know ando you, yeah. you know god knows how many kids ando has <laughs> you know this guy right um you know uh <laughs> zello <laughs> um, uh, that you know about i love kids you know but, but it's yeah. yeah i mean but it's an interesting time to be an artist right it feels like because on on some level uh artists have more opportunities now maybe more than ever at least in terms of going be able to go direct to consumer via websites or e-commerce or what have you that being said there's more competition than ever now and more people quote-unquote calling themselves artists and putting <laughs> stuff out there you right. know. But let's not fool ourselves. I mean, I don't care what industry you're in. You know, business is hard. You know, making ends meet is hard. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine. I, I used to work. I sort of. I got my start as a graphic designer in Chicago, right? So I really came up through the commercial art side, mm-hmm. primarily in consumer products, uh, brand marketing, right? So I did a lot of branding work, packaging design, uh, product innovation, that kind of stuff. And um, worked for a bunch of the big agencies. And one of my friends who's still with an agency that I was at, agencies called Anthem Worldwide, they have offices all over the world, 30-some offices, uh, publicly traded uh, company. Uh, I was talking to them the other day. They work with the biggest companies in the world, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me that it is taking them up to one year to have their invoices paid. Whoa. Whoa. Right? Now, that's a publicly traded company working with the biggest companies in the world. Yeah. Which, you know, good luck, (laughs) right?
2: You have to get a bank loan to secure cash flow.
0: And, you know, and yet here we are, right? Cottage industry, artists, designers, architects, what have you. Uh, It's, you know, business is a struggle. It's a struggle out there.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I can't really say I've had any uh, off lights, dark moments in this kind of place of entering, knowing that it feels good. I Mm -hmm. think these are the areas of, I didn't go to art school. I studied architecture. Right. Where'd you go? Uh, Cal Poly Pomona. I got out and got a a job working at a small boutique that was doing sustainable architecture and uh, things that were of my interest of coming in, coming out of architecture and wanting to be a conscious thinker behind what I was doing and the impact in which architects are having on the planet. So uh, interest in solar panels, drought tolerant landscaping, you know, green architecture which this was back in 2000 was kind of a foreign concept to a lot of people because they were like well why do we need that? and you know, those were the places where I felt most interested in practicing this way of thinking. And so finding this kind of process in which I found myself wanting uh, to explore other fundamentals of design, not just architecture, was the area of leaping, you know, taking a leap of faith into something that I knew it wasn't sitting behind the desk and working for someone. As much as I enjoyed it, there were these moments of love-hate relationships. It's a it's a rewarding career to exercise this creativity and building and seeing seeing the process in architecture is pretty amazing, but it's such a long process. You know, it's an old man's profession, as they say, that by the time you get to really practice your sense of creativity, you know, you're done. So there was this area of wanting to still find this fruitfulness of being expressive and communicating and doing other things outside of architecture, which is, where I found myself being more interested in graphic design and motion graphics. And somehow that allowed me to look into ways to communicate through things that I was documenting in, in my surroundings and having kind of a story to tell. So, Search and Rescue, my company, who does all things creative, as I like to say, because there isn't one thing that I can't do and not capable of and finding the resources based on my uh, experience and education and surrounded by so many amazing makers and shakers in LA that get it done. I can rely on this source of quality control. So search and rescue was this area of practice, which at the time I was calling social studies because I was interested in looking at Conditions that were happening in the fabric of our city, the homeless condition in downtown L.A. being one of them was an area that I found interest in, especially coming out of architecture school and then realizing that what is going on in our backyards here. And, you know, went through this kind of way in which uh, having a point-and-shoot camera documenting it and just for self-knowledge and being more aware of these conditions in our neighborhoods I started reading more and understanding the demographics of what is Skid Row and how did it come about and what is who are all these people you know and the questioning of self of what's the difference between us you know and a lot of vietnam veterans uh single mothers families and all these people that you know were in this uh hard place in life and that to me was of interest to somehow give the voice to the unheard of finding a way to photograph them document them and then taking these images translating them into graphics that were bringing awareness into social issues hence the social studies and homeless being one but Under this umbrella of like search and rescue, it could also be in areas of any interest. Uh, Currently, what I'm doing is collaborating with like-minded people that share the sense of bringing into the betterment of what we are doing as artists and as thinkers. And how can we actively work towards a campaign of whatever level of interest that we have that we could bridge all of these great minds and to bring attention to something that we feel is on a humanitarian level of uh, addressing. So I know this is on a tangent. However, at that time, in this pursuit of it, I realized that I was starting something that was making me feel good. That was I was more excited about getting out of my position in architecture and going home and pursuing this area of interest that I had that somehow started to take form. So it was a place where I realized that I was most happy. And so I became or was in this process of becoming an entrepreneurial thinking of like, well, if I leave my job, I only have maybe three months that I could hold my rent money. But what I'm doing here creatively and envisioning what I want to do felt so good that the decision making of that leap of faith of getting out of a full time job in a well-paid job uh, at the time and then coming and slowly chiseling off all the fat that didn't really need to be in my way of experiencing life with my family and friends and my relationships and things like this was of more of interest of how I spend my time. Sure. Not like working for someone and going in on the weekends of, oh man, fuck, I got this birthday party, but I can't go to Cause I got a deadline Monday. I have to go to the city or some bureaucratic bullshit behind architecture, which, you know, my gut feeling was unhealthy. Right. So it was these places of like really listening to the voices in your head. Like, you know, it's the four out of five voices in your head tell you to do it. It's that one that's like, you only
0: have four or five voices in your head. I I feel like I've got it's that moment where you're like, (laughs) ah,
1: I feel so good. Can I do this? And it's like, yes. You know, the only difference between this practice of like anyone else is the way we think about it and the action we put towards attaining anything we want in our life. So you know, when I started to develop Search and Rescue as a brand and, and as a kind of a multidisciplinary studio taking on many projects, not just architecture, but product design and customization and, you know, meeting amazing artists like John Mark and various other friends that I've made along the way, I invested in a laser cutter. And this was 10 years ago. Right. So nobody, I used Nobody it.
0: had laser. You were one of the first dudes in L.A. with a laser yeah, cutter. Yeah, right? it
1: was, you know, we were like maybe... Two, three other guys, myself and my studio mate, uh, Mike Russick. Shut up, Mike. Yeah, totally. We're the only kids in L.A. playing uh, with lasers. And, you know, when I got this machine, shit, I didn't know... What to do? <laughs> By with the way, this for machine. our listeners, yeah. John
0: Mark is holding up uh, his hands and he's like clearly cut off a couple fingers with lasers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, Ando, didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. That was funny. So, those were the things that, uh, you know, as I was developing the brand and, and kind of the vision of search and rescue, it was a way for me to not only tap into little things, but exploring all these other things that I knew I had. Understanding it. Studying architecture is the same way in which graphic designers do a layout. You know, we do it in a floor plan. They do it in a different way through text or color or visuals. Right. So we're still communicating things. And as I like to say and in conversation with people is that I'm a visual communicator of ideas of whatever it is, but I just use whatever medium that we want to explore. You want to do furniture? Dig it. I got it. you want to do an installation? I understand the concept. I'm very process driven. And I think that's where I ended up finding myself falling in love with being an artist, so to speak, even though artist is such a loose term because we do so much more than just paint pretty pictures, you know? So, but in this way of finding uh, this feel-good vibration, made me understand that there's more to life than architecture. So it was this place where I was like, okay, cool, I got a good knowledge base to understand how this thing works. I appreciate it. I could still go back to it and still and uh, and practice on some level. But and then there were areas where I felt I still wanted to play. I still wanted to be creative and do this. So so I've always been in this place of like change and wanting of understanding like what's next. Right. right? I've right. always been curious of like, you know, seeker, what, Yeah. What have I a dream seeker? Right. And that's kind of one of the main uh, characters in Search and Rescue's first thing is like, I'm a dream seeker. I like to like do things I have yet to do and explore and and figure it out. And then I think that's what, you know, really at the end of the day makes me happy. Right. You know, is working and having clients or projects or sharing my time with people that appreciate that I could bring value to whatever it is that we're creating together, and I'm just a conduit to an idea that they have, sure, and but it's taught me a lot you know it's it sounds you know because I didn't go to business school either, so there I was in this position of understanding like okay, now that I'm in this a free thinker, so to speak, and running and doing my own thing. I had to understand how to run and kind of operate on a, on a business level of clients and all of these other things that I had some sort of a foundation understanding doing billing and architecture. But there was this whole other level of responsibility and discipline sure. that you now have to be, you know, a starter. You're yep. not going in there and someone's telling you to do it. You know, you have to do it and that's the attitude that you have to have in this place of being fresh, you know, and that's always the thing is you have to always sharpen your tools and that's the one most valuable thing that I will never ever regret is doing search and rescue has taught me so much about what I'm capable of and it's still, I'm still learning and, and wanting to know what's next. You know, because I like to, you know, I do things, but there's a certain level. of like oh, I've done that before. What's next? You know, right? But but it keeps it, you know, it keeps you sharp, you know, 100%. and uh, and
0: I think that's. I mean, that's one of those things. It's like you never, you know, if you stop learning. You can't. And you're dead. Yeah, I mean, that's just you know the reality.
1: And anyone and everyone can do this. You know, it's a comfort level, and I think we've come to understand. I could, uh, yeah, maybe I could say this for John Mark as well is that you're constantly reinventing your ideas of thinking, right? In in ways of finding that sense of love and passion for mm-hmm. being an artist, right? And then also realizing you have to pay taxes on this other level of you know like oh fuck, you yeah. know shits. I'm having all this fun. Right. But, and then there's all these other things you have to learn about and be an adult. And I refuse, you know,
0: (laughs) adulting,
1: (laughs) adulting, adulting. adultism.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, it, I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, the other day, he, I say friend of mine, I mean, he's, you know, 20 years, my junior or something. And, um, but you know, I kind of knew him growing up and for whatever reason, he asked my opinion about things and you know, whatever. And he was all excited because he was uh, going to go to graduate school, he was yeah. uh, going to get his MBA, and he and what?
1: What is he uh, going in for?
0: Well, his master of business administration, but mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what if, if he's focusing on finance or, mm-hmm. or what. But he was going to business school, graduate business school, and he was so proud, and I was you know proud of him. But you know, he's like, oh, what do you think? <laughs> <And> I, said, <laughs> I said, I said, well, you, I said, I don't think you really want to know what I think you know and yeah. he goes <laughs> and he goes oh. I how said, much well, time do you have i go because the ship has sailed you know what i mean like you're in like you, yeah. you're going he's like well aren't and i'm like well if you had called me a year ago i would have told you the last thing the world needs right now is another mba <laughs> okay you know yeah. like like the problems facing well here's john mark the problems his kiss facing to mankind the existential problems facing mankind mm-hmm. that require the kind of fresh, novel, revolutionary creativity that artists and designers uh, are adept at providing and giving. Um, let's be frank, a lot of these problems we're dealing with were created by MBAs in the first fucking place. <laughs> we need to balance the the equation a little bit here and bring in more artists, more designers. to Because, to, yes, business... You need business, you need to know how to run a business, you need to know how to manage a business absolutely, but like with anything an obsess an obsession with the bottom line only uh drives dysfunction. You need to strike that balance and um capital can't fucking think itself out of a goddamn bag i mean if you know if there were no artists in the world, talk about architecture, think about you know capital needed artists to build Times square right if there were not artists, no architects. There would be no time Square. you would have all that money and nothing to do with it, all that energy and nothing to do with it. So it's just, you know, it. it's I can understand. I get angry, too, sometimes, you know, this, you know, the golden rule of the person with the gold makes the rules. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, there's a symbiotic, symbiotic relationship that capital has with creativity. Wait, did
1: you just say the golden rule, the person with the gold, gold makes, makes the, the rules. rules? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Is that how the golden rule happened?
0: <laughs> well, uh, that seems admit, to be the cynical yeah, yeah, the yeah, definition. Yeah. Sorry right? for the interruption. Um, those of us who've been around the block more than once might be aware of it's how the world do unto tends to
2: others as they would do, do unto you. you. Right. The
0: that's the real. I mean, that's the one we grew up with. Right. You know. What anyway, about
2: Bitcoin rule. The
0: Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was a billionaire, and now I'm broke. I you don't know. I don't know. Blockchain's gonna solve everything. <laughs> Bank on it. You know, look to. to and you know, I want to be respectful of our time. Sure. Uh, you guys have been so generous, and we can. I feel like we could do this for for hours more. Yeah. Oh, you're right, man. I mean, you know, the level of perfect. Because really, what you're getting at, Ando, just to put a bow on this, right, is that you know we can indulge our passions and our calling to be creative and artists, and it is we can wallow in that because that's our safe spot. That is our joy. That is our, our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. But if you're serious about being a professional, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, embracing some going out of our comfort zone and embracing and learning some of these important disciplines and rigors to be accountable And successful, sustainable Mm -hmm. in your business. Um, Yeah, you're going to have to fucking learn uh, some accounting. You're going to have to learn some basic uh, finance, you know?
1: Yeah. And you have to be a, you know, more than anything, you're a self starter. 100%. So,
0: 100%.
1: And you never stop learning and you're always in this place of engaging on levels of things you hadn't really thought of. Yeah.
0: So, what's next for you, Ando? What's,
1: what's going on?
0: What Where where can people find you, by the what's way? What's
1: next? Well, I'm usually uh, tucked away at the brewery uh, on Main Street, and there's so many breweries these days, but the the one that we kind of know of in some way. I have my studio space there. I practice, you know, various things. Uh, I'm still, still figuring it out, man. You know, I come to realize that, you know, resolutions and things like this that people set, I, I don't really follow that jive. You know, I really appreciate days in my life as it unfolds and being grateful for what comes my way and knowing that I'm at the right place at the right time all the time. And that's a beautiful sentiment. Actually, And and it appears. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, it's like uh, being present, right. In which we've kind of had these conversations in so many ways of these places of being of just allowing yourself to be that, you know, so the focus is just to really be focused, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and, and that's harder than ever these yeah. days with all the distractions. It is. But, you know, it's a life is, is hard and is as easy as you want to make it. You know, if you allow yourself to get into all of this craziness, you know, of politicking, everything is just going to be crazy. But you have to allow yourself to have bite sizes enough for you to understand or to chew on and realize like there's certain things I just spit out. Like, I don't really have any interest for. And I allow myself to at least practice this way of giving myself the separation, the outside world versus my inside world of what I want to create and how I want to see the world, you know. And so if I get bombarded with just nonsense of media. There's a level of volume I have to tone down right. and turn up my volume because right. that's going to make me a better human being and a better human doing on what I want to create in my life and surround myself with people of that nature, of that frequency of sharing the sense of moment and time because that's all that's left. You know, because we could sit and talk about he said, she said. But at the end of the day, let's talk about what we want to build together. You know, I want to build your bridge. I want to, you know, find a way to connect with other amazing artists. And that's what's beautiful for me in life. You know, this fucking planet's going to keep spinning. You know, nature wins in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily human nature, though. <laughs> That's right. The laws of nature is the practice in which... But
2: getting back to highlights of 2018, uh, yeah. the Dems taking back Congress was a big highlight and a shout out to the 25th and Katie Hill and Santa Clarita. Wah, wah, wah. I, did, right I did some work up there nice. and especially a lot more people than me obviously helped. And it was a great feeling to see all that happen in January.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure
2: and uh hopefully get a little more balance and
0: look there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons to be frustrated pissed off and negative vis-a-vis our our body politic or our you know current administration but the one good thing the silver lining in all of this for me was I think I have more. I appreciate the inherent flexibility of our democratic system because it, you know, we g- given the local, state, and, and, and federal model, I mean, we have a fucking broken federal system and yet it flexed. And, you know, the, the the local politicians, state politicians are doing their best to try to make up, make it up, you know. So I don't know. For me, it without getting into like a whole thing, like I think there was a lot. I know a lot of my liberal friends were like horrified as you know, my candidate lost. But I mean, the point <laughs> is that the sky didn't fall, uh-huh. you know, and it could still fall, <laughs> you know, but it hasn't fallen yet. And uh, I'm just grateful for this new energy and new uh, optimism. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a. Little rant, kind of a random rant. I don't yes. Know. That wasn't too bad of a rant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So listen, uh, before we sign off, I want to make sure our listeners know where to find you on social. John Mark, what where where do where do people find you on the uh on the socials?
2: jmarket Market77. That's an Instagram, J-M-A-R-K-E-T-7-7, jmarket 7 J Market. And I have a website, J M E Art dot com. Right. And like I said, it's Up to date, up to 2018. So I was on there last night, dude. There is like
0: that. That was a massive project organizing all that. You had so (laughs) much content.
2: It started in 2010, and it's just (laughs) the good thing is I can just add to it now. Right. right, right. The structure's
0: there, but that's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Coco Sally, shout out. Coco. So, uh, and then uh, prior to the show, you were talking about a video for Flutter that you've working on uh, where and when can people, uh, enjoy that video? Good
2: question. I haven't selected or have a platform yet for that. Um, We're still locking the image and, uh, have to get back to me. You'll have to give me a...
0: So, they'll probably be able to learn about it or, or see it on your Instagram or yeah, your I'm website Yeah, I'm sure at some if point. you look
2: up Flutter at some point, right, it's right, going right. to pop up somewhere. Okay.
0: All right. Ando, where where can people find you
1: on social? On social, it will be Ando, L-O-V-E, Ando Love. Ando Love. And the other www stuff is Search. How do R- you spell Search? Search as in the word, S-E-A-R-C-H. Okay. R E S Q dot com. So it's search rescue. And there's two sides to it. Websites totally outdated, but this year is coming up fresh. As you know, these things happen, it's always, you know, the, the minute you put something out, it's already old. But the plan is uh, for this year and focusing on revising a bigger or not a bigger, a cleaner website that really showcases uh, things that I've been involved with uh, creatively. Mm-hmm. And, and the push is going to be towards getting a website that showcases uh, all of my work and a furniture collection or a couple of collections that I have. And there's one that I'm currently excited to release and launch this year. So the website will have that, which is... Very clean aesthetics, modern, very functional, playful, sculptural pieces of art that are also furniture. Sounds hot. Sounds like, I'm gonna, so, it sounds like I have some new furniture in my future. <laughs> it's coming. It's super fresh. I love it. Very brand-driven, all uh, made in L.A., hand-finished, machine, right. you know, digitally uh, manufactured, so... So that's what's coming up. Um, but in the meantime, just keeping, keeping focused beautiful. and allowing all good things to blossom.
0: Well, that's beautiful, man. That's yeah. beautiful. And well, I have, before we go, I have a couple uh, things I need to ask of you guys. A couple sure. of favors. Sure. Are you down for a little help? Yeah. Can, can you help me? I need all the help I can get. Yeah. Yeah. So the help I need involves supporting our, our mission uh, to help, you know, democratize our world. Okay. Spread the love. So we have a conference coming up March 16th, not real art conference uh, yes. at the base in LA here. Excited in excited about uh, that. In Her. LA. So. Uh, I hope you guys will come. Will you come to the conference?
1: Yes. Really? Yeah? Indeed. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's well, a couple of days after my birthday, so it's uh, the celebration well, of a the month of continues. Ah, yeah. maybe, maybe that's ooh.
0: Yeah. We might have to have a little shout-out, a birthday uh, shout-out at the conference. I'm there. Fantastic. <laughs> yes, so, absolutely. Well, I hope you guys can come. hope you uh, will be there uh, for our listeners. They can learn about the conference at uh, notrealart.com. The other thing I want your help with is a petition I'm starting. Uh, we're on a mission to bring, to revolutionize talk radio and revolutionize arts education by bringing the arts to talk radio. Cool. And we're going to be starting a petition to demonstrate the, the want and need and demand for such a thing. So I'm asking for your uh, support of the petition. Absolutely. And to share it uh, uh, with your friends and family. Absolutely. And get their Count as well. us in.
1: That'd be beautiful. I'll mark it twice. Thank
0: thank you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Sign it twice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 I love it guys. I tell you what, man, I can tell you how grateful I am for the generosity of time and energy that you guys came in to sit down a little on me and have a, Uh, have a fun, uh, inspiring conversation about our mutual love and passion for art and creativity. It is been a real joy. I hope you'll come back.
2: Thank you. This was yes. great.
0: And for our listeners, be sure to please comment and like the episode and subscribe to the podcast and uh, tell all your friends to uh, check out uh, Not Real Art. Uh, we're signing off. Have a good
1: year, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Thanks for having hey, us. Bye. And uh, for those of you that are listening, Not Real Art has a really amazing space to be in and to talk about it and it wouldn't be as exciting if we were in a wall in a room with bare walls and nothing it's got a good vibe we got a good vibe yeah it's super fresh and so thank you so much and i'm looking forward to uh celebrating the event in march thank you Ando. and thank you brother Till the next time with john mark we'll be blowing some letters your way
0: <laughs> uh, cheers cheers everybody peace out